0: Hey, 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 welcome. This is the Department of Promethean Science stealing fire from the gods to make a better life for you and me. Uh, This is Saturday, November 19th. Um, 2011. Uh, today's guest is Jill Fenstermaker. Um, Jill is a great Chicago improviser here. Uh, I've been had the opportunity to play with her for about six years. Um, we were in class together at the I.F. Theatre and were in the graduating class. It was the Chicago Sachet Company. Um, I still very fondly remember um, her running around the dark horse in uh, Wrigleyville, Um, after our very last class show uh, using a Sharpie permanent marker to draw wedding rings um, on all of her fingers to indicate that everyone that was in the Chicago Sashay Company was married forever. Um, so she's that kind of person, real team spirit, wonderful to play with, gives everything to the stage, um, and is always out there and giving everything she's got. Really great performer. Um, she's also one quarter of my very favorite team to watch, Dumpster. So if you happen to be listening to this This Saturday night, you could catch her and the other three quarters of Dumpster at the CIC Theater in Chicago um, on Irving Park just west of Southport at 8 p.m. Sunday uh, night. Um, November 20th, I may have already said that part. Uh, and then inadvertently you'd also be seeing me um, that uh, that same night with the Chicago SuperSonics. She also is a member of revolver uh, at the Io theaters uh, Fridays 10:30 and uh, the great team under the bleachers um, that performs at CIC uh, on varying, Saturday, uh, Sunday, and I think maybe Wednesday nights. There's a bunch of great folks on that team, so I'm sure they'll be cropping up again on this podcast on a fairly frequent basis. Um, If you'd like to send us an email, we are at prometheanscience at gmail.com. That's P-R-O-M-E-T-H-E-A-N Science at gmail.com you can just uh, send me correspondence if you'd actually like to send a suggestion for us to use for a scene you can uh, send an email with the subject line suggestion if uh, you just have a run of the mill suggestion for uh, something I should be doing with the podcast well then you should put anything else in the title bar because I won't look at those emails until I open them up and then use that suggestion for a scene with a guest um, I think that's about all I've got to say in preamble, um, except that uh, I really, uh, I really enjoyed the scene. I hope that you will too. Um, I, uh, well, you know, let well, me know what you think. All right. Oh, and our suggestion was stained glass. Gail. Thanks for meeting me in church.
1: Oh. Jerry, I'm I'm just happy you were alive.
0: Yeah, I know. I'm happy I, I'm alive too, but I'm I don't know. I'm just pretty messed up.
1: Yeah. I can see you. it looks like you're wearing some borrowed clothes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it went bad. This whole thing went bad. I uh, I just needed a friend, you know, and I know we yeah. haven't
1: no. Been no. together
0: for a couple of years, but I don't
1: No, it's fine. I know that you thought moving to Grand Rapids was gonna be your big savior and it hasn't really worked out that well. No,
0: it's a huge mistake. It's a huge mistake. Oh the drugs
1: I've never been on drugs, but
0: they Don't get on drugs.
1: Is it like being hung over?
0: It's so much worse and I don't know. I mean, I guess it's a little bit like being hungover. It's just oh, man. you're flying high, crashing low, and even when you're crashing low, you're just thinking, I can't stop myself from wanting more drugs.
1: Last year on New Year's Eve, I had two glasses of Chardonnay. I think it was kind of like that.
0: And I don't. I, you know, I, I find it hard for me to draw a correlation between my hell ride of a drug experience and you being drunk on two glasses of Chardonnay. I Okay, mean,
1: I'll stop. I'll stop. I'm sorry. No, I,
0: I know you're just trying to understand me. You're just trying to get me and I appreciate it. And you came here and there's no reason you should come here. I've used up every friend and relative, you know. It's really kind for uh, an ex-girlfriend from a different part of my life to agree to meet me in church, listen to me in front of Jesus and... All his buddies.
1: It's really beautiful here. I've never been in here before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I'm real messed up, I find myself gravitating towards stumbling into this church. They usually figure out a place for me to go. Shelter or slept in the trunk of somebody's car one time.
1: The trunk of a car?
0: Yeah. It was okay. It was okay. I was ready to be fetal anyway, so it wasn't a space that she would... I think it was probably really awkward for them because I broached it as an option. I said, can to sleep in the trunk of your car? And they were just at church, so they they pretty much had to have their heart go out to me.
1: Yeah, I'm not even going to try and compare myself to that one.
0: Yeah, one no, time don't. I stayed
1: in a small hotel room. I don't know.
0: No, it's fine. No. Don't. Okay. You're right, though. We're talking all about me.
1: No, no. How it's have you fine. been? What? Oh. Oh, What's I'm going fine.
0: on in your life?
1: Oh, I'm fine. I sold
0: all my clothes for drugs. Oh. That's why I'm wearing these other clothes.
1: Oh. Yeah. I see. Yeah, Super Bowl 2005.
0: Yeah. Go um What does this say? It's hard to read it's upside faded. down.
1: Yeah.
0: Um Patriots?
1: Yeah, Patriots, I guess.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, things with me are good. Hey, listen. You you should come home with me. Oh. I mean, I'm not Saying this in a romantic way.
0: No, back, God, please. I wish you would because I could use a rock in my life. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. No, you're I'm right. I meant it's a sorry, friendly yeah.
1: gesture. Oh. I was gonna roast a chicken tonight. It was just gonna be me and the cats. so You should come along.
0: Oh, chicken sounds good, and I do like cats. Oh, I. I feel like I've pushed into your life too much already. I mean, I'm trying to get right by. You know. Reaching out to people that I had in my life before everything went crazy and being in church, but I don't trust myself.
1: Yeah, but Jerry, if you don't come home with me, do you have anyone else?
0: I <sighs> got Jesus and all of his buddies up in these windows looking down on me, maybe they'll take pity. I'm just going to try and fall asleep in the pew and create a situation where someone that works at the church has to figure out where I should go.
1: No. And they can't turn me away. Jesus isn't going to give you chicken.
0: That's one. Yeah, you're right. Jesus will not give you chicken, give you fish. Right?
1: I guess he'll teach you how to fish or something along those lines.
0: If only Jesus would teach me how to fish. (laughs) God, I would love if Jesus taught me how to fish. I would love it, love it, love it, love it. Teach me how to fish. Take the drugs out of my veins.
1: Yeah, once again, I'm not even going to... My grandpa taught me how to fish.
0: You know how I to fish?
1: Nothing. Oh, I haven't done it since I was younger, but yes.
0: <sighs> Why am I dragging you down?
1: No, you're not dragging me down at all. That's no, this been, is
0: just like when, when we were together. Like, I just...
1: No, it's fine. I don't... I mean, it's. I've been a little lonely, I'll admit. It'd be nice to have someone around the apartment you if don't nothing need- else just to watch Jeopardy with.
0: You're perfect. You don't need anybody. I and I don't trust myself to watch Jeopardy without craving drugs. I'm
1: Oh, Jeopardy, yeah. One time I did eat a whole chocolate cake while watching Jeopardy.
0: Decadent. It was decadent. Oh. You get home?
1: You call me if you
0: need anything else. I'll borrow a priest's phone. <laughs> and that's our time. It was <laughs> 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 a real Christmas story. Yeah, it was. I hope I
1: was worried about being
0: too, talking oh, too yeah, softly. Oh, yeah, you know, I was kind of whispery too, but uh, I'll, I'll throw some compression on it and maybe we'll, maybe there'll be some background artifacts to it, but I, th- I think that it will be fine. Oh, I need to remember to keep setting this. Yeah, set the um, timer. Yeah. The, uh, that was, man, I I really like that. I know, I did too. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> thank you. <Alan. laughs> this, yeah, a little podcasting secret. I'm b- banking these. And so if you've listened to the Mike Johnson, Joe Fenstermaker, Ellen Haig podcast, they've all been present for each other. <laughs> And uh, any any laughs were done. So good, yeah.
1: Yeah, I did too. You know, it was funny. I think uh, uh, I went in, I, I think it was good. I think I was a little less in my head than I was worried I was going to be. Uh, and also, I think um, it was nice just to sort of uh, settle in and relax and, and respond naturally yeah, rather than so really fun. feel like I had to be, it was silly and fun. I mean, yeah. silly and fun, obviously, is always good. To yeah, assume, yeah. That just felt like more like an honest conversation.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that of of everything that I've – it was the – I think that was a really good sort of um, capturing of what it feels like when it's not work, you know? Oh, yes. yeah. You know? Well, I mean when – when because sort of – you know, I, I know I've said it before but I've got such a, that analytical side where I'm trying to um, – where my math choices are so obvious to me where it's sort of like this needs more fuel or more context or more something where the part of me that is not living inside that character, but is kind of like the superstructure of of me is making some choice or making some declaration because something's needed in that, in a scene. But that was a great example to me of how good it feels when it's just easy. Like when it feels like, This is, this is who I am and any details I wind up creating are, are, are because they just tumble out of me because I feel like this is who I am, you know, like I manufacture that history behind me, you know? And I know that for, you know, it was a scene that because I was probably the more extreme character, it was a scene where things lent very easily to me, sort of like making those declarations, you know? And I don't know. I hope that was like, I hope that felt okay for you. I felt like you were uh, like awesome as that, like, sort of such a great, like, giving Samaritan who still had those boundaries. Like, you weren't going to let this guy (laughs) who was, you know, like trying to be, you weren't going to let. Both of you allow this guy to sleaze his way in. <laughs> you know, like you know, it's like you're gonna give. You're obviously a helpful, gracious person who had some interesting things going on too. You know, that's the kind of character I'd like to see in a show because you know it, it's something that I think we rarely do in improv shows is reward good people. You know, for some reason I think it, like there's a kind of there's nihilistic impulses in the improvisation community, or there's like the things that we follow that are really dark. But for me, just being in that one scene with such a good person who obviously has some loneliness in her life, you know, right. It's, I want to see that person rewarded. I want to see that person actually like be uplifted at the end of the show. And not because she needs to be redeemed, but because she's like, a, like the a person we should be celebrating, you know, and if she's not celebrated in her life, in this thing that we've built, we should recognize that she should be celebrated. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah, I did have that thought. I mean, before we got to the her saying or me saying she was lonely was yeah, but like quick thought of like why? Why would this person why would do something like that? But I realized too, like she also this guy they they obviously he hadn't while he burned bridges. And that way, he obviously hadn't completely burned that one. I think there's still something between them that they enjoy probably spending time together. Yeah, yeah. Or I was thinking too for her, like, oh yeah, she probably just wants someone around and (laughs) she's always company and,
0: you know. Yeah, for me, there was a real richness of nuance in both the relationship and what was happening there that really like made a lot of things blossom inside my head where it was almost – and that's really how I prefer to have it happen where it's like I'm not – I'm not making choices because it's, like, this scene is not yet fully formed. It's more like choices are blossoming in my head because of what is already there in the scene, you know? And the idea of, like, to me, it's, like, all right, I'm very much... I'm not asking the question. I know that post-breakup with this woman, that's when I got into drugs and everything fell apart, you know? <laughs> yeah. So it was, like, obviously a different world. The fact that she's trying to, like be uh she she's trying to relate to me through is it like being hungover? (laughs) it's like okay so clearly I was not the person that I am now when I was with her
1: (laughs) yeah I had that thought too like it's probably been a long (laughs) they've known each other for a really long time and probably the when they were together it was I don't know what do you say maybe yeah it could be like 15 yeah yeah yeah. more
0: yeah uh and he and maybe he was like a dissatisfied soul that, I mean, this is my feeling. It's I love that these these sort of detail by having the 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 weight there. These details just spring into my head. Where if you were to ask me these things, I would when I query myself, I have an immediate answer. Okay, like okay, well yeah, he wasn't into any drugs. He was not into anything when they were together. But he was a dissatisfied soul for some reason. Um, you know, uh, I'm I'm gonna say unloved by parents and really not not in any sort of violent way, but in just a way that has produced a lifelong ennui. And so even though he was with this perfectly wonderful woman who, if he was a complete person, he would have stayed with her. <laughs> right. um, he somehow manufactured a uh, difficulty for them to dri- be driven apart. <laughs> and the, uh, and that ennui further drew him w- without having any sort of positivity in his life to make these choices where all of a sudden he's on drugs and he's lost all his friends' family and has sold his clothes and is wearing giveaway clothes <laughs> um, for drugs. And he wants to get back. I think he's seen it. You know, he's seen... He, he He's seen... He doesn't want to have this thing that is hurting him inside him anymore, and he's seen that way, but now it's... He's under, he has no other chance. I mean, he's damaged, and so he's going to live in a damaged way.
1: Yeah, I actually wonder, you saying that makes me almost wonder, and I'm asking this, like, not having an answer from the scene, or just now talking about it, but I wonder too. They're kind of each other's like the one who got away a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but it but like, but in like a different yeah. way
1: because maybe your would be for me. You'd be the one who got away right after we broke up. Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. him, he's maybe just realizing it like now. Yeah, so like there's sort of that like feeling different. Yeah,
0: yeah if two, the, many years if apart. If it had only gone a different way, right. and I like, and what I think I, what I really like about that too is the is. Even that is nuanced because neither of them are saying, so let's try it again. I think both of them are like recognizing our lives have pushed way too far apart for this to ever, ever really work. But there is so, sort of a wistfulness of like if life had, you know, had flowed in a different way, then this would have been <laughs> – we really missed something but we're too far along our path. Our, path of choices, you know, to, uh, to, to be able to reverse that. Or at least maybe I think that's probably my thought. And then the prob I'm just guessing her thought is probably like, well, if it had worked out, he would not have be, he would not have been destroyed.
1: Right. You know? Yeah, exactly. And would that
0: have been better? You know? I mean, I think there's a lot of much better case for bullet dodging in, In her case. (laughs) But and then, you know, and I think that it's sort of like a counterpoint too of like, um, I could very easily picture it that we're just in a pew in an empty church Mm -hmm. with the stained glass apostles all around us. You know, it was a suggestion that immediately put me in a location that I could see all the way and gave me space to have it fall out that way you know? right
1: and I think yeah when your first initiating line was yeah thanks for meeting me here I almost wondered like oh I think maybe that's why I even started talking softly well obviously you do that in a church but um uh even for a split second I wondered if we were it was this was all taking place like oh, in the middle of a service oh, and then oh, I was like oh, oh it's probably it's probably not that's <laughs>
0: great yeah 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 no I, that like, was
1: something I think I sort of decided a few more lines in of, like, oh, no, we're just meeting. Oh, yeah, empty. yeah. Because they're always open.
0: Yeah, yeah for, I had, like, a really cinematic, um, like, overhead shot of it, you know, of, like, you know, three quarters back in the church, in the corner pew, sort of towards <laughs> yeah. the wall, where the stained glass is, you know, and kind of, like, having that be almost, like, the establishing shot and then coming in. It was It was great because I was, like – I don't know, this one, I really felt free because there was something very much in my mind's eye about the whole thing and then it was just so easy to just talk yeah. <laughs> you know? and have it, and there were little little things in there. I think it's a, I think my original thought here was just that it was such a, um, it was so. Su- this was a great example of how details, details I like like details that help a scene, you know, rather than the thing within me where I'm worried and panicked about like, about my control issues, about like throwing out like,
1: or like filling those later in the scene
0: about like trying to like lock it down. Like, Oh no, we got to answer this or, Oh no, we need, we need fuel. Or we need to push this along. So I'm going to make this declaration. And it's something that we then have to push the scene up to. I think that there, there were certain like little things that were just nuggets that revealed themselves. And the fact that I moved to grand rapids as my like, (laughs) like that to me was like a very fulfilling, resonating point of like, somehow it was like part of my whole fall was the idea that I moved to grand rapids and, (laughs) you know, be a big man. It was like, and that to me is something that I feel like if I had said that in a scene it would have been too instructive um in almost any other scene context where like I would say something like that as as a as as like a way to push to something but that was just so revealing like I just felt like it was like it really filled things in even more of these are real people in a real place and there's really like this is anchored to anchored very closely to a reality. There's very little pantomime going on here. It's just real people in like a bad oh, yeah. situation.
1: Yeah, and speaking of the pantomime too, it was yeah also felt like, oh, if this scene was on stage, it's true, we probably would be in the same positions we're sitting in right now. Yeah, like yeah,
0: just, yeah, yeah, sitting. absolutely. And I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, there's, there's scenes on stage that create, that where the space is, space and smallness is unhelpful. You know where you're trying to where you're trying to play something, and your lack of consciousness about where you are on stage, or just playing a couple of talking heads, can really make it feel untrue or like create like an un you know create something that doesn't work. But I feel like, and maybe that's why that I felt like this works so much. I feel like this is the the level of emotional weight and sort of like the frozen in amber intensity of it without really having something that immediately has to be solved. You know, it's just people communicating is one of those things where if it were on stage and we were this way and we were even on the back wall off center, like it would be something that would draw people in because there is a level of, like, serious life importance to it, you know? Where I feel like the the observer in me was leaning forward in my seat to be a part of this scene because it's... It, it, there. I don't feel like there's anything shrill about it. And that is what I feel... That is what I... When I feel like I fail, I feel like I'm being shrill, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's a mix. So it's, like, usually... Uh, always, I have a percentage of failure, you know, and so I have a percentage of shrillness happening. And this, that percentage was low enough that I didn't have any of my alarm klaxons going off of like you're being too shrill, you're being too shrill, which is like haps, happens almost all the time when I, when you know of like God, I really got to adjust. I, why am I doing this to people? <laughs> why am I forcing people to like listen to me you know be this fucking squawking bird? <laughs> you know it, it's it's nice to settle down and I feel like we really settled down well. In, in that I mean I'm I'm sucking our metaphorical dicks to the maximum and <laughs> we haven't reheard the scene so who knows how it went but
1: we right. may feel differently uh, but they, it felt
0: good to play you know
1: yeah it did feel good uh, I also want to just bring up quickly that I had the thought like the outfit I was picturing you in when I talked about you wearing broad clothes was so specific but I, <laughs> but I realized too I was going to get myself in trouble by like saying a random year and like sports reference and not know exactly what that was well the
0: thing that kills but, me is that i should have known that like that's a great one 2005 super bowl i'm like it
1: probably I'm, was the patriots right i, I mean probably I and it's, it feels like that's when they were winning like constantly
0: yeah the thing is i'm a i'm like a huge nfl fan and so and like i've watched every super bowl of the last 20 years and so it drives me crazy to not immediately be like 2005 Patriots but like they, you know if it's not a Packers Super Bowl it bleeds together and I'm trying to think of like when the when the Giants won was only a couple of years ago the last time because oh, I was with Bill right. and George but it's those little details that can get us in yeah I mean I guess right. it can get I us guess... in trouble but I think that's a good example of like you know one of those things were like, yeah, I should have just made a declaration, and in this world, it would have been fine if we just had gone. Because the fact is, neither of us know for sure. <laughs> it's true. So like the the most fun thing would have been maybe that was the the Buccaneers year. I I don't know. It was it was. It,
1: yeah, I, really, I could have done not sports, but you know, I that's oh, what I, was, I think
0: sports was perfect. But yeah. what I should have done was been like, I should have just said something. I should have said the Cleveland Browns, who have never won a Super Bowl. You know, who won NFL championships but never a Super Bowl, and then oh, that's the dog, and then you know, and then just then, and then you know, and then either we would have just moved on, or we could have had fun, fun with it. And in this world, the Cleveland Browns have won the Super Bowl, but I'm horribly addicted to drugs, <laughs> yeah. or or that we could have recognized that it was wrong and be like, oh, they're supposed to burn all this, you know? Yeah, yeah, they lost. So, yeah, that was a those. It was aggressive of them to make all those sweatshirts before the season even started. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> but, yeah. So, uh, so, the do- uh, so the dog went off. Um, uh, my final thoughts. This is uh, – I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much, Jill. This is great. I really had a blast playing this scene. I love playing with you anyway and it was really nice to have um, – I really especially love playing these scenes with you because I don't feel like like I'm necessarily a very good actor. Um, like conventional actor but there's something in playing with you that I feel brings out my desire to be a good actor and so I so it's a fun place for me to play in to to settle down in things um, when I play with you because I think that you I like to give myself up to your skills as an actor and help me live in that space and I feel like this is a really good example of that.
1: So. Oh well thank you. Um well actually I have another thing I want to quick comment on before I get to sort of my final thought too. Um one thing I think this really helps me with that I'm not always good at is making eye contact. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh I yeah, really have to like really like make myself like make eye contact. <laughs> um so this was a good exercise for that. Um Uh, But yeah, also, yeah, I guess my final thought is, yeah, just these scenes like this are so refreshing. I mean, obviously, I love being doing the silly fun scenes, but this is awesome, too, when you just get to be real and honest. Oh, and they're sometimes my favorite scenes to watch on stage as well, so
0: yeah yeah it's good well it's don't good. shy
1: away everyone it's real and grounded
0: <laughs> yeah real and grounded is get you should keep your portfolio broad just like in the investment market <laughs> get some real grounded stuff in there so that you can feel your heart and then uh get some get some silly fun stuff in there so that you can have a good time and then you'll be having a good time with the heart <laughs> all right thanks joe bye <laughs>